You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 82 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesome Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to? Oh my God, I've been driving so much. Lots of, uh, yeah, lots of shoots, but all over the place. I've got like another nine days to work on this particular job. So uh, yeah, and I realized that I drove for like, that was like a five-hour round trip on a flat tyre. Oh, no. Well, it wasn't flat. It was half flat because it's got like the car tells you when it's got a flat tyre, but oh. it's so sensitive that I thought it was crying wolf. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and then I tested it. It was like, oh, my God, it's half flat. Oh, no. is But doesn't that wreck your car? Suppose. Well, I once, uh, <laughs> I once put my car in to have the wheels aligned mm-hmm. and they rang me up to say, we just want you to know that we've never, ever had a car with the wheels so poorly aligned as yours. It's like the worst we've ever seen, oh ever. Oh, my God, that's terrible. And I'm like, do I get a discount? What do <laughs> I get? Anything? A prize? An award? Something? Slap on the hand. So you want to be a mechanic, Val? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you've been driving around a lot because you've got a photo- photography project that you're doing. A big project. And we're actually filming it for the community, Val, so you'll get to see uh, a lot of the uh, people that I photograph, very interesting characters. It's uh, going to be really good. You've been And, and of course, Jean, sorry, I'm talking over you. <laughs> I was going to say that Gina's obviously talking about the gold community at com. So if you're interested in joining a dynamic group of um, awesome photographers, love, love the community who are exchanging ideas and who have direct access to Gina through the community, including live monthly masterminds, Go to com and uh, click on join the community to find out more. There you go. Mm. How'd you like my little ad there? <laughs> Good what, so what, you've been flying all over the place too, haven't you, or driving? I haven't been flying. I've been driving as well, but not yeah. for a photography project. I've been going to a couple of back-to-back conferences uh-huh. and, um, you know, one that I was speaking at and one that I was participating in. Yeah. And so that has been kind of my last week. It's been full on. So when I finally got home last night, I it, it was just great to sleep in my own bed. Yeah. Very good. But I'm very excited about this week's topic, how to photograph plus-size models. Yep. And it's interesting that you picked this topic, Gina, because today I was on the phone for a couple of hours with the owner of a plus-size clothing label 
oh, who really? photographs uh, plus size models. So wow. I will be uh, consulting with her next week. So maybe I will be giving her some of the tips that um, that we discuss in this in in this episode. Fantastic. Because, of course, there are lots of situations where you sometimes need to photograph people who are on the heavier side and they're still, you know, we still want the photos to look uh, awesome and they Mm. certainly can. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out some techniques to pose people in the most flattering light. Exactly. But before we move on to that topic... You've got a few things that you want to talk about, hey, Gina? Yeah, yeah. So um, after everyone went shopping, was it last week I was talking about all, all like the podcast listeners who had been out buying stuff? Yes. I was a bit jealous. <laughs> so I went and bought something. Are you serious? I bought a Cam Ranger. Have you heard of these, Val? No, what is it? They've been around for a couple of years, but what they do is they're actually like little devices. They, they're actually like the size of a smaller iPhone. And basically oh. what they allow you to do is um, you can uh, wirelessly tether, right? So you oh. can shoot wirelessly to a laptop. Right. But the thing that I was most impressed and really wanted it for was that I could use, instead of having to schlep out with my I, I, um laptop every time I shoot I can now uh, shoot to my phone or my iPad which is perfect for when you're traveling or some locations like sometimes I might be shooting on the streets or something like that and I don't have enough eyes to be looking after my gear looking after the laptop it gets stressful and it's all that extra weight so you can actually set it up so basically you use your iPad to control the camera that's great. It's fantastic. So I've been playing with it. I haven't actually uh, used it on a job yet because there's too many uh, sort of variables that I'm still getting my head around. But basically where I see it coming in really handy is where I'm doing a shoot where, um, and I've been doing a lot of this where I'm shooting long range. So I might be a, a hundred um, feet away from my model, right? And the camera, my model's away away and the, the light set up I've got my assistant next to my model and I'm behind the camera yelling out um, instructions mm. not ideal mm. with this fell I can set to sh- set my camera to the position I want walk away from my camera and walk right up next to my model out oh. of shot and then direct them and actually get this focus from my oh. iPad so you just like touch on the screen, you do live view, touch on the screen where you want it to focus, the ca- it focuses the camera and then you take a shot and then I can tweak my ISO, my shutter speed, my aperture, my mode of um, like I can go from uh, whatever style of shooting I want to do. I could be manual, I could be automatic mm. and it allows you to do things like HDR, you can do uh, a macro and focus stacking and then you can actually share so if you've got clients on set and they've all got their iPads, they can download an app and then all the clients can actually view what you're doing as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And it gets better. So it's freezing cold in Melbourne at the moment, probably not as cold as it gets in the Northern Hemisphere in winter, but, like, you know, we're not good at winter. So no. we don't cope, do we? No. If I wanted to do a night shoot, like a landscape, where you've got to bracket, you've got to do long exposures, you've got to stay out there for a while, what you can do is you can set your camera up just outside your car, mm. line it all up, 
get back in the car with the heater on, <laughs> right, and do your long exposures. No. Yes. That's amazing. How amazing. It's so That's amazing. Fantastic. And it's just like um, for doing uh, HDR, you can bracket the ISO really quickly. You can bracket uh, shutter speed or uh, aperture, whatever you choose to bracket. It's the, the, the tweaking and the, it's just really cool. Yeah, 300 right. bucks. Wow, that's fantastic. It's not that expensive, is it? So they've been around for a couple of years. I've heard about them forever and a day, and then I just decided to buy myself one. You know, late late at night when you do that late night binge. Yes. This is what I do anyway. Yeah, fair enough. I did one of those. That's amazing. So I, pro- I can't wait to play do- with it. Well, yeah, I will show you when we film and um, I'll also uh, probably do a a tutorial with it as well just to show what's possible. But it's pretty cool. That would be great. I forgot I did do some shopping. Even though I have been in back-to-back conferences, I did manage to get some shopping in while I was actually at the conference because, of course, conferences have exhibits. So I bought a wireless microphone for my Canon to do some filming. Oh, wow. So we'll be playing that. Does that work on the iPhone? No, it's for your Canon. But only for the Canon. Well, it's for cameras. Yes. Yes. It's a different um, input with the iPhone. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So we can play with that next week as well. But anyway, we have um, a listener question. And this is from India Trinath. In, it might be India in Trinath or Trinath in India. Yeah, Trinath in India. Trinath in India. And Trinath has said, I'm a boy of 17. I have my own studio and two strobes. Wow, how mm-hmm. awesome. Boy of 17 with your own studio. I know, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, Trinath continues, I have 100% support from my family to pursue photography as a career, but I need to know what is the future of this field as a person's source of income. I have a deep interest in fashion and portrait photography and I follow your work. I don't want to do weddings and ceremonies and things like that. I want to do pure fashion and portraiture. So Trinath is looking for your views on that. Gina? Yeah. So actually with uh, fashion photography, uh, I think that right now there are a lot of opportunities for photographers to get into fashion because what's happened is there's been an explosion in um, in the use of uh, online and retail uh, sellers getting online and putting websites out where they're, they're selling their fashion direct to people. So all of a sudden there's this increased need of uh, shooters for uh, lookbook kind of work and catalogue photography, which didn't exist. Like, I think when I was starting out, you had your major uh, retailers who did did catalogues and things like that, but that was about it. But Mm. now every single fashion retailer on the planet nearly is putting their stuff out there online. For sure. And there's all these uh, studios that specialise in this particular kind of um, catalogue and online uh, type of photography for fashion yeah. that are just absolutely making a killing. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a bit of a system that you do where you've got to like, um, like they work so hard, like you're doing maybe 80 or 90 shots a day for wow. fashion. And it's like basically the model barely gets a chance to, you know, 
take a breather. They're just getting changed, next shot, next shot, next shot. It'd be the same background and all of that. So it's flat out catalog. But you get your foot into this kind of photography, which is really lucrative, uh, very intense. There is a danger of burning out in doing this sort of stuff. But then there's the side stuff that you get from that. So obviously the clients that are doing this sort of online catalog stuff, then they need their heroes, the fashion ads that, that, that like they do as well. So once you're doing that sort of, you've got your foot in the door, you can do all of that sort of work. So that's where I would sort of um, try and try and get in. And there is uh, a lot of that sort of work around and, and uh, even for like uh, accessories as well, Val, like jewelry yeah. and hats and scarves and shoes, they all need to be photographed. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. So, and then um, as well, so you do that, that's the bread and butter. Mm. Then you do the portraits that feeds your soul. So the bread and butter stuff, the catalogue feeds the family mm. and the portrait mm. stuff is the stuff that feeds your soul because it's important. You can't just work day in, day out just shooting catalogue mm. because it, it just becomes like you'll burn out. Yeah. Like you need to keep the creative side of it up, the, the joy, the love, the, the, that sort of stuff. And that's by, uh, you know, you, you uh, start experimenting when you're shooting your portraits and really find sort of your own style and build your folio and do it like that. So that's what I would uh, suggest. Yeah, absolutely. Trinith? So great advice, Trinith. Uh, I think that um, Gina's right. There's definitely a future there, particularly because photography is – more in demand than ever before, particularly in the world of fashion. Yes. All right. We want to give a shout-out to a couple of people. First one we want to give a shout-out to is to Gwen Deva from the US. And Gwen Deva says, I look forward to every episode and really enjoy the show. All the topics are so helpful, informative, and easy for me to understand. Gina and Val are a great team. I've been learning so much. Thank you and keep up the great work. And oh, that's of, so cool. Of course, that is an iTunes review. So thank you so much, Gwen Deva. Hmm. Um, also on iTunes from Michelle Brassington. Michelle has said, absolutely love this podcast. Thanks so much, Gina and Valerie, for your podcast. I've learned so much about photography and now look forward to my drive to work. I love the conversations between you and the balance between photography tips and your lighthearted chat. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your generosity. Oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate um, both of you, Michelle yes. and Gwen Diva, uh, taking the time to do that. And if anyone else has 30 seconds to leave us a rating, a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it mm. certainly helps us in the rankings and in bringing this podcast to you. Yes. Now, I believe, Gina, that this week's topic, which is how to photograph plus-size models, and by yep. plus-size models, we're not just referring to famous plus-size models who are actually models. We're just referring to anyone who's slightly heavier than normal, correct? Yeah, just plus-size, yeah. Yeah, just plus-size. <laughs> and um, this was actually inspired, I understand, by um, a question that we received in the gold community at com. From Jessica, isn't that right? Uh, Jessica, yeah. Jessica's a member of the uh, community and um, she's got uh, – her sister's getting married in the next couple of months and um, 
she was asked her to do the pictures and um, she says that her and her fiancé are heavier set people and so my question is about posing heavier people to help them look flattering, not just wedding photos but portraits also. And I think, you know, as you said, it's a great question because, like, honestly, uh, it's it's we're talking about how to photograph everyone really yeah absolutely and and it's obviously a question that is relevant for so many people because um and so coincidental that you know just this afternoon I spent that couple of hours with uh talking to somebody who is runs a plus-size fashion company so very very um on point Gina you must have been psychic or something absolutely well um Trends in in modelling and fashion have, have really changed over the years. So if you look back, Val, in, in say the nineteen fifties, your traditional model back then was somewhere around probably a size sixteen. Marilyn Monroe, who was like an icon of that uh, of that decade, was a size sixteen. Now we've got to remember, though. Oh, hang we, on, what's it, that in everyone? Uh, yeah, we're talking about size. Australian sizes here. So. Can so you convert? Well, in an Australian uh, size 10 is probably a US size 6 or thereabouts. Is it? Yeah. So it's – or size 8 to 10 in Australia is about a US size 6. Right. To, to give you an indication. So what's a 14 to 16? In Australia or America? US. Uh, well, I'm – by that, it, I would probably say maybe – I think maybe sizes have changed since then because that would indicate that that is more like size 16 to 18, but I don't believe that to be true. Right. So – but the basically a lot, a lot um, heavier than the models are today. So somewhere around uh, – So think st- of Christina Hendricks in Mad Men. She has was you know she is sort of she was a cla- she's like yeah. almost like a um a Marilyn Monroe esque that's right in that curvy body that's so right. um yeah so that that was typical of a a, a classic uh, uh, model size back in the fifties and then something happened uh, through through the next uh, few decades where all of a sudden and particularly like in the nineties and and the last decade as well the uh, the very thin models started to come into vogue and the designers say that it's because they can do more with the thinner models, the smaller sizes, um, the clothes hang better, there is more options with posing and um, and all of that sort of stuff. But what's been happening lately is there's been uh, now a resurgence in the, in the plus size models and you just have to look on Instagram and uh, a lot of other websites to see the popularity of the plus size model. And uh, there's a uh, particular model by the name of Tess Halliday who's like um, – She's the equivalent of an Australian size 26. She's over 110 kilograms in size and she's been featured in like Italian Vogue and uh, she's got like almost a million uh, Instagram followers. So, um, and uh, she, the reason I bring her up is I just want to prove that it's like there are 
ways that, like, if you look at her Instagram feed and a lot of girls uh, who are also uh, big in the Instagram world uh, also uh, call themselves plus-size models, basically everything that they do are just that the rules of posing are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that these girls happen to be plus size. So it, it's it's all fairly similar. There's just a few things uh, to remember. Um, but also, it, like, a, a really, uh, there is a lot more plus size um, fashion labels as well. So, yes. like, your friend now, there's just an, in, an increase as well. So I, uh, I think um, it's, it's, it's really becoming uh, popular. And I'm kind of glad to see the back of that whole world of, like, the wafer thin, thin, thin models because it's certainly – I saw the other side of it and uh, it's not it's not that healthy for those poor girls who have to maintain a weight of like – well, they're 10 kilos underweight. It's just not healthy. So it's like I'm pre- preferring to see seeing the sort of the healthier side of modelling. The other, the other thing that I saw was um, there are also um, – there was an amazing shoot uh, done by uh, the comedian. Um, what's her name now? I've lost her. Uh, I've lost my link. Amy here. Schumer. That's it. Amy <laughs> did uh, was photographed by Annie Leibovitz, and uh, she completely uh, poked fun at the whole uh, world of like what what is a plus size and how should they pose. And she actually uh, did a photo shoot where she said, you know what, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to suck in or stand in a certain way. I want to be photographed and I want to look beautiful and I want to be me. So she's photographed herself to look uh, more like a Rubenesque model, you know. And uh, you're seeing uh, her in all her beauty. Uh, The roles are all there and uh, I think she looks uh, incredible in this shoot. And and the brief was to Annie to make her look like you've just happened to step on camera and she's got a coffee cup in her hand and uh, I think think she looks amazing. I think it's a great shoot. So there's sort of a couple of different ways of looking at it. So, but let's get back to the... But I don't see your point because Amy Schumer's not plus size. Well... Compared to a uh, a like in in um, inverted commas here normal model Val, oh yes, okay, would be considered a plus size model. So the size like well four or two or zero that you sure. see uh, okay. on, on the on the on the catwalk, she would right. be considered uh, like a plus size. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. But she's actually like normal, a regular, thin. <laughs> regular. Normal woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, yeah, back to the question. So what to do and what can we do when we're photographing plus size yes. models? So there's a couple of different things to consider. And um, first of all, I want to talk about lens choice. And I'm actually going to contradict myself because there's two ways you can look at lens choice. So there's... Lenses that you use that are going to make uh, a face appear narrower, Val. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, photograph someone, and have you ever done this where you've taken a selfie with Mm -hmm. the iPhone? And I know you have, Val. (laughs) I know you love a selfie. I think you do them often. (laughs) Yeah. Daily? How many a day? daily. One a day. (laughs) Right? No, not one a day. Don't look at my Instagram. You never look at my Instagram, I'd like to say. 
<laughs> I don't look at anyone. <laughs> anyway. So, so um, the iPhone uh, photo, the, the iPhone camera is like a, uh, a 35 mil lens, right, mm -hmm. in there. And, and if you position yourself in the middle of that uh, lens, it's going to make your uh, – the optical illusion is it actually uh, narrows and thins the face. So that's why it's the preferred camera of uh, selfie addicts. Right. That's why they love their iPhone so much because it does make the face appear narrower. I would just like to say that that's incorrect. The best camera, if you want oh, right. phone camera, if you yeah. like selfies, is the Oppo, the Oppo phone. Has the because best. it's probably slightly w uh, wider and has even more distortion. It's so good. It's so good. Where <laughs> did you find that, Val? Who's uh, the one a friend of mine has it. And, and they um, did a selfie and you on, went, oh And I God, was almost I... tempted to buy the phone because <laughs> it was so good. You totally would do the that. Oppo phone. You heard it here first. This is not sponsored. Just telling you. Who makes those? <laughs> I'm not sure. Oppo? <laughs> Never heard of the brand. No, I know it's not very well known, but very good selfie phone. Just telling you. So it's got that. It's got that thing that it does that it distorts the face. I guess I don't know, but it's yeah, really good. Yeah. So, so a wider lens. Maybe is I'm going... just beautiful, Gina. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Val. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a wider lens is going to do that to the okay. face if you position yourself to the middle of the camera. And so a lot of uh, beauty bloggers and the like that are constantly in front of the camera, that's their lens of choice. Mm -hmm. um, what happens with 85 millimeter or higher is it's going to give you a fuller looking face, uh, which a don't lot of people don't, so, no, 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 people don't like that. But, um, on the downside is uh, like if you get too close to the camera on a 24 millimeter lens, you come right in, you're going to have like a cartoon face. You're going to have like a bobble head, which oh. is not good. Or it, it'll, and, and to the edges of the frame, it's going to distort the face as well and really spread uh, the face out. So um, it's, it's, it can be uh, like your best friend or your worst uh, enemy. So you've got to be careful of that. The other thing that happens with the wide angle lens is there's a certain amount of barrel distortion. So you know when if you are photographing a room, have you ever photographed a room with your wide angle lens and you notice that the like the angles, the verticals start to look a bit bowed? Yes, yes. Have you ever noticed that? Yes, absolutely. So that happens. So they, that does that to your body a little bit as well when right. you're photographing someone with two wider lens so that's why fashion photographers prefer a long lens so I think um, if you're just doing uh, a headshot or a selfie of someone and you want to make them really like you just whip out your iPhone <laughs> 35mm right or use the equivalent of that for the headshot but if you're doing the full body shot it's probably better to use a longer lens um, and you'll make them look slightly better and then you can actually fix the distortion in post um, by there's actions in both Lightroom and Photoshop where you can adjust the camera distortion of uh, of the individual lens. You can load the profile in, and it'll get rid of that bowing and sort of just make everyone look slightly better. So just a a, a few thoughts there on lens choice. Yeah, great. Okay, um, thirty five millimeter will become my best friend then. <laughs> no, the Oppo Val. <laughs> yeah, the Oppo. The Oppo and the um, 
and the filter. Like if someone built the Oppo with the um, what's the Snapseed filter Snapchat, on it? Snapchat. Snapchat. Filter. Yeah. Cracker. Yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. I love the Snapchat filter. I know you do. <laughs> so the next thing to think about, Val, is scale. Mm. So how large or small a person looks, it's all a matter of scale. So if you photograph a plus size model and you crop them too tightly, so like you fill the frame completely, you leave a couple of millimetres or, you know, an inch all around the frame and it's just them standing there tightly yes. framed, Yes, they're going to look a lot larger because you've not allowed sure. any space around them and, you know, they're constricted in the view. And um, the other thing, uh, that, that, that like uh, the other mistake that some photographers make when they're photographing plus-size models and it's usually at the request of the plus-size model is, yeah. please crop my body out. Mm. Like crop me out, I don't like how I look. And mm. so what happens if you start cropping, like you crop a, a plus-size model into the waist they're going to start to look really boxy and square. Yeah. Rather than you shot them at full length and left some space around them, um, by, simply by scale, they're not going to look that big. They're going to look normal, Sp particularly if you follow some of the um, posing guides that, that I've got for you uh, later in this uh, podcast. They, they're not going to look... Um, boxy or square so yeah, um, leave point. a lot of space I prefer when I'm photographing plus size models I like to shoot them full length and then allow for lots of space um, and that also helps with the optical illusion of making them look um, uh, you know like a lot smaller than than they would appear if you cropped in too tightly yeah. um, now things like arms which are probably uh of every uh woman in the world <laughs> for that matter hates their arms yes, Everyone, yes. but it's it's probably the most complained about uh area of the body please don't make my arms look big please yeah. don't make my arms look big don't photograph my arms i don't yeah. like my arms yeah. so a couple of tricks you can do uh with that is sometimes i like to crop uh, vertically through someone's arms and that can give the appearance of making their arms uh, appear a, a lot smaller and so if yes. someone doesn't like their arms it's a good way to show them off if you've got a model that isn't in love with their arms um, then perhaps you can recommend there are certain styles of uh, tops and jackets that you can wear yep. that actually uh, cover up uh, like uh, a, a lot of areas that, that they might be uncomfortable with or even uh, something like wearing a loose wrap around the top. So if you've got uh, a bride, Jessica, you're talking about uh, your sister who's getting married, then um, you might want to suggest that on her wedding day, I know a lot of brides do like to go with uh, a bare arm look, but if she is uh, in any way sort of um, uh, Un uncomfortable about her arms and perhaps uh, suggesting she wear a wrap or, uh, you know, sort of a, a sheer sleeve that just covers up and, and it gives the, the optical illusion that, that, like, well, you can't see the arms. It just sometimes it helps uh, look a bit better. And the other thing I do, the other little trick uh, with arms is I hide them behind things. So I might um, bring in a doorway or a um, pole, pole um, column and a column and things like that or uh, having your model leaning up against the wall so the arms are sort of tucked in behind the body also helps as well. Uh, it's all about making the body look longer and leaner and that 
that generally gives uh, the impression that everything is, and, and in proportion to Val. Mm. So, like, if you're photographing a woman, you want them to make, you want to show off their curves. That's that's what you want to get. If you're photographing a man, you want him to look angular and strong. So, like, broad shoulders, narrow waist. So, that's what we're going for. And with the with a, a female model, I tend to try and balance the uh, the hips and the shoulders and give them the appearance of a smaller waist. And uh, even if they um, they they don't uh, tend to have a waist, some women can be more sort of straight up and down. You can give the illusion of a waist by uh, certain little tricks, uh, which I'll describe as well uh, down the track. But the ne- next one I want to talk about, Val, is lighting. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot you can do to um, to flatter a sort of a plus size, basically to flatter any face. Let's face yeah. it: if lighting is kaka, everyone's going to look bad, right? So there, but there is a lot you can do to really help uh, um, flatter like a broader face, and um, so and and lighting is that. So um, the side of the face that you put. Uh, the shadow on when yep. you're shooting is going to have a big effect on uh, how the model looks. So, and yep. uh, so whether you photograph into, so if you've got a model and you've lit them from the side, so you've got like half the face is in highlight, the other half is in shadow. Yeah. The side that you choose to photograph into, so if you point your camera into the shadow side, yep. uh, that's called short lighting. Okay, so you're giving, um, you're you're helping them look. You're actually making, giving the optical illusion that uh, someone's face is actually going to be narrower than it really is. If you've got someone who has a very narrow face, then I tend to photograph them dead square to camera, and that's going to help make their face appear fuller. So knowing that, if you've got someone with a fuller face, try and avoid photographing them square onto camera. I try and have them a little bit three-quarter, and then I try and also employ short lighting where I'm lighting them from the side and shooting into the shadow side. And what happens if you're shooting them from the highlighted side, the brighter so side? So shooting them from the highlighted side, you're going to actually make their face appear broader than it really is. So it's mm. not as flattering. But if you've got so often you've got a model that's got a very uh, thin face, mm. if you shoot if you shoot them with broad lighting, you're going to make their face appear fuller and it could be more flattering for them. Okay, this is this is great tips, Gina. I'm loving this. <laughs> Thanks, Val. So you're going to be employing all of this. Your next selfie. <laughs> just waiting to see. I just have to learn now watch all your Snapchats, Val. Yeah, exactly. Just like, all right, she's using short lighting now. Good on her. <laughs> so... Beauty lighting, Val. So when mm. you're doing your next uh, little lot of uh, selfies, uh, I've taught you about this, but basically if uh, you want to uh, make someone's jawline appear stronger and more sculpted uh, and it's really good way to define the face, then sort of beauty lighting where you light, uh, put the light just above their face. Okay, and lighting down, and what happens is um, the highlight will be most of their face, and then where their jawline is, that all goes into shadow, mm. and so that is going to give the optical illusion that uh, 
you know, under the under the, the, the chin and the jawline is a lot smaller than it really is. So you can actually make someone appear uh, to be uh, like a lot less uh, heavy around the jawline than they really are by using beauty lighting. Yep, yep, great. All right? I like that. So poses. Yes. So I want to talk about – I don't think anyone listening would have heard of this. Uh, she's pretty new. She's only been around a little while and um, she's just getting started. So I thought we'd, ha- we'd help her out on the show here. Yes. So she's this little-known model, uh, I think she's Armenian, I think, Val, I believe. <laughs> anyway, her name is Kimmy K. <laughs> yes. Kardashian, right? Kim and, Kardashian, uh, yes. Started on the internet and uh, yes. got a few little followers there on Instagram Just and Twitter few. and whatnot. So she's developed this really good style of uh, posing. And I would classify Kimmy as a plus size girl. Yeah. And um, what she does with her face is uh, she does this sort of this bird thing. So <laughs> what she does is she pushes her head forward and chin down. And that's how she poses. So if you look at all her uh, selfies, I think she's done a book of them. <laughs> yes. She did. She did a book of selfies. She did, yes. And uh, you probably idolise her, don't you, Val? I do not. <laughs> you don't want to be like, the selfie queen. I like, do not. Kardashian. Yes, that's anyway, right. I aspire <laughs> to be like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> oh, my goodness, not. Uh, to her credit, mm-hmm. she, she's absolutely nailed the selfie she knows all her angles and she knows how to do it so this technique of head forward and down what it does is so anything that's closer to the camera is going to appear bigger anything that's further away is going to appear smaller so what she's doing is she's making her forehead appear slightly larger which has the optical illusion of making her chin and jawline appear narrower. And she also does the trick where she photographs herself from slightly higher with that uh, the wide angle of the iPhone. Mm. Also has that optical illusion of narrowing the face and making her appear smaller. So, But yeah. you can take that sort of – that technique when you're posing models, and this is what I ask all my models to do is actually – you want a really strong jawline and chin line. So pushing the face forward and head down slightly is going to really uh, strengthen and uh, stretch out that skin around the jawline and really does a lot to make uh, the, the, the jawline and the chin look really good. And so that's, that's a, a great pose. Face for a plus size, uh, for a fuller face at, at three quarters uh, works really well. Um, if you're doing lingerie and, you know, have the thigh gap's a big deal, Val. Yes, okay. The thigh gap, gap yes. yes. Thigh gap. You push the butt back. Right. Instant thigh gap. Okay. But this is all very well and good if you're Kim Kardashian and yep. if, um, you know, I particularly wanted to show a thigh gap to my selfies, which I would not. <laughs> but when you're directing somebody else, when you're directing you know, your sister or whatever, how would you sort of say, can you do a Kim Kardashian? Can you stick your chin out? Can you put your head down? The best way, Val, to show someone what to do is to mirror. And, And the best way to pose 
with confidence is to actually really know how to do the pose yourself. So when you know how to do something and you show someone else, you sell it a lot better. If you're tentative and uncertain and a little bit embarrassed when you're demonstrating a pose, people see that. They see through it and it's like, well, if you're not going to be confident doing the pose, yeah. how am I going to be confident doing the pose? So, and I, I just want to add to that, if any male photographers are listening to this thinking, oh, that's well and good for Gina to do it because obviously Gina's a woman and Gina can direct an, another woman. And if you're thinking, oh, you can't do that, rest assured, I have worked with male photographers who are good photographers because even when they're directing women, they go into the pose and they are confident about going into their pose. And the, the woman or the model or the whoever they're photographing is grateful for it and can see what they're doing. So don't be afraid of going into the pose to show a woman how she should pose. If yeah, you are male so, as well. Definitely, Val. And so we talked about this in um, in a, an earlier podcast where I recommended five to ten minutes of training every day mm. just to keep your hand in with photography. Well, I would recommend that maybe for the next month, if you're uncertain about your posing, that that is part of your five minutes of training every day and close the door. No one has to watch you, but just yep. stand in front of a mirror and practice practice this head forward and down and you can even um like set your uh set your iphone up and photograph yourself to see like how it looks and if it makes a difference what's shooting three quarter how it looks and and how it affects it because once you know this and you can learn to recognize it in yourself and then in another person you're going to see that moment when and this is what i'm looking for when i'm posing people val I am tweaking little bits and moving their head slightly, slightly, slightly until I see it. They yep. look better at a certain angle than they do at another. And you're not going to see it until you start sort of practicing. Yep. So so that sort of stuff, all these poses that we talk about today are really worth practicing. And even if you're a six foot six big guy, if you do it with confidence, like it, it is the best thing that you can do it's the best gift you can give your models it really, really great advice that five minutes a day because not enough photographers actually practice posing and if you can practice posing as Gina has suggested even that five minutes a day or even two minutes a day practice posing uh, it will completely change your photography because like I said I have worked with hundreds of photographers and the ones who can show their subject how to pose are the ones that get definitely the better shots for sure. Because mm, the, the posing not only helps the model, but when you're practicing your posing, it develops your eye for what actually works. I exactly. can't agree with you more, Gina. Thanks, Val. So, um, so we talked about whatever is closest to the camera looks bigger yeah. and whatever is further away looks smaller. So we can employ this um, theory when we're posing plus size models. So what I like to do uh, if I'm, I've got them in a full length shot is get them to lean forward slightly. And what mm. that does is that's accentuating the top part of their body, so the face and the chest area, and we're pushing things like the buttocks back and it's minimizing that area. So you're giving them the, um, the optical illusion that the, uh, the bottom half of the body, which 
As a general rule, uh, women tend to carry more weight in the bottom half of their body. So that's the area that you want to uh, diminish and you want to uh, make areas like the chest uh, sort of uh, bring that forward and, and, and that gives helps create that, that beautiful uh, curve and hourglass shape which is really uh, what we're looking for. So we're looking to accentuate the curves and elongate the body. So the other thing I like try and ask my models to do is like if I see them sort of slouching or they go into their comfort level, Mm. I try, I tell them to imagine you've got, and this is what I I learned this in yoga class, Val, you know, your favorite thing to do. (laughs) Not. (laughs) Yeah. So you uh, imagine there is a string tied to the top of your head and someone is pulling that string up. So you pull yourself up by the head. So you stand at your full height. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you want them to appear, uh, elongate the body and then some little tricks to help show a waist if they don't have a waist. This is a fantastic tip that uh, I learned from Sue Bryce and uh, she is uh, like uh, uh, amazing at photo- photographing uh, plus size models. So um, she suggests that uh, to make the give the optical illusion that the waist is smaller, you get you ask your model to put their hands on their hips, but not to hold them out like where the hips actually are, but to bring the hands right in close together and uh, stagger them a bit, and that's going to give the illusion that the waist is a lot smaller than it really is. What do you mean by stagger them a bit? So you have your hands on the t- your hips, and this is one I really – tomorrow morning when you're um, getting ready for work, I want you to stand and try this, and guys, uh, in front of the mirror and have a look. It's, it's an incredible um, technique, and you'll probably use it next time someone photographs you. So – Val, you've got your butt, like put your hands on your hips now. I'm going to do it with you. So you've got your hands on your hips. So I'm talking um, actually on your waist. Okay. Your hands on your waist, right? So that's the smallest part where it's the smallest part of your torso. Yes. Right? Now, if you've just got them there and they're sitting there on the outside, that's not going to give the optical illusion. What I want you to do is now point your hands in towards each other. Okay, so you're, you're almost covering your whole tummy yep. area with your hands. Mm-hmm. And now I want you to actually pop one hip up so it's higher than the other. So you're, you, like you've got, you're on an angle. So one shoulder's down, one hip is up, and your hands are staggered. Oh, I see. See? Mm. That. Great. You curves. Yeah. And defines the waist. And uh, like do like do do a little test shot with yourself. You can do uh, hands out out further out, and then bring your hands in and see the difference. And I'm guarantee next group shot I see of you, Val, you're gonna have your hands on your hips. Uh. I guarantee. <laughs> okay. It's a really good little trick. It's so a the other one is yeah. Leaning forward slightly. Um, the other really great one, uh, Jessica, when you're perhaps uh, photographing, you want to photograph the bride on her own. One that I love for plus size girls for for headshots is uh, I use something like an ottoman or um, uh, like a lower uh, chair where, where the, the the back of the chair is lower, and what I want or a bench. And what I want is I want the bride leaning up and over something oh yes Mm -hmm. 
and uh, what that does, and they're leaning all the way forward, they're pushing their face forward, it squares up their jaw, it, it tightens up all the area under the neck, uh, you can crop in through the hand, but bending the arms actually gives them more definition, and were you going to say something? No, I was just to, in case Jessica is or anyone else is having a hard time picturing this. Imagine a small ottoman or a small footstool, and yes. the bride or whoever is actually kneeling on the floor, but yes. resting her hands on the footstool or ottoman and pushing and, and leaning over it. Yeah, and so you're not photographing her the rest of her body. You're cropping in just under the arms. Uh, around the arms and through the head. It's a three-quarter shot. So yeah. what happened, and you explain that to the model. I'm not photographing what's going on behind. Just be comfortable. And uh, that that is a beautiful way to photograph a headshot as well. Yeah. So um, the other thing is uh, to try and get the body slightly at a three-quarter angle. Um, and uh, that really helps uh, with uh, the shape of a body. So we, we call that the contraposto. We've described it many times, Val, but that, that's a, a beautiful go-to pose uh, for a plus woman as a start. Um, and uh, then... I'm curious I'm before big... you go on, because I'm curious to know your opinion, Gina, in that pose that you have just discussed, I've seen many photographs where in that situation the photographer gets the person to put their head in their hands. Oh, no. And, or, or on their, you know, with like no. if you make a fist and that they're, they're leaning on no. their, yeah. I'm curious to know, obviously, no, tell me why. <laughs> so what happens, uh, I, I think it looks a little bit, it's very hard to, very, very hard to get a model to look natural uh, with hands up in shot. So unless they've got amazing hands, they can pose them really softly. It's it's almost impossible to get a good shot. Mm. Secondly, most people, when they um, rest their hands, their head in their hands, mm. what happens is they rest the entire weight of their head and you'll get a bit of distortion there. So you'll get like... Um, like it just uh, distorts the side of the face and um, makes it all squishy there, and yep. it's not. I don't think it's very flattering. No, and I think either. it's a really old-fashioned kind of a pose as well. Mm. A hard just and and hard to get right. Like if you see, uh, there there are some models that, that 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 can do it, and some photographers that can direct and make hands look beautiful. I just think it's really hard. I agree. I've saw some photos the other day of someone I know who got. Pr- professional shots and and she's ended up with this and she's wanting to use this as her headshot you know her professional headshot and I'm like no it's terrible and, I didn't and say that from a professional perspective Val as a corporate headshot big no no there's mm. it's um it's too casual yes well it's too childish it's childish as well, yeah. There's just something wrong with that pose as a corporate saying, like, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, so, and the other one is, like, a big thing to do, it was huge in the 90s, was like, and it's been drummed into a lot of photographers, if you're ever photographing someone who's plus size, shoot from above, shoot from above. It's the, uh, it's the best way 
to photograph them and I disagree entirely. I think um, you can get like using the right type of uh, poses, you can get um, you can get your model looking fantastic and lighting and angles and all of that. You don't need to do that shoot from above sure. uh, technique, which is really outdated. Um, if you could just quickly, Val, if you're working with groups um, yeah. of people and you've got say you're working with uh, one plus size and one uh, like a slightly smaller model, bring the smaller model forward and have them um, front on dead square and bring your plus size model side on. So you're trying to even out the um, the ratios yep. there. Yep. And you can also have uh, the uh, the smaller model slightly in front, sort of have them overlapping as well, and, and that helps as well. So yep. um, just sort of play with perspective there. Um, and then uh, I've just said, like, you can also, uh, like, exp like, make suggestions of clothing. Oh, um, yes. Ensure that the garments are well fitted, like fitted clothes and properly fitted suits really do help to uh, make people appear um, a lot uh, like the wrong kind of suit can actually make someone look larger than they really yes. are or boxy. Um, so baggy clothes, I think, look worse than fitted clothes actually uh, can can make someone look a lot taller and leaner. I and actually other... disagree. With that, because really, yeah, on a photo shoot, you can always pin baggy clothes. You can never expand tight clothes. No, I'm not saying to wear tight clothes where stuff like bulges over the the top. That <laughs> that actually looks worse as well. And Much I've even worse. seen tiny, tiny, tiny models, and they're in like a size too small in the yeah. jeans. Like they have like things sort of spilling over the top and they actually look a lot bigger than they really are because they're yes. in the wrong size. So the clothes have to fit properly, sure. you know, but, but not be too big and not be too tight, but like okay. correctly fitted, like properly fitted to the body yes, makes yes. a huge difference. And there's uh, things you can use like um, long necklaces can give the like stuff like necklaces and scarves. Yes. Uh, can elongate the body and the length of pants and uh, like, you know, there's other illusions you can do like uh, short. If someone's got, um, uh, you want to make someone's legs look longer, get them to wear like high-waisted pants and a crop top mm. and, uh, you know, heels and things like that all give the illusion of making someone look uh, longer and taller. And finally, when you're shooting um, – don't forget the most important thing in the photo is to capture the personality, mood, and expression, which, you know, is everything yes. in a photo. So, like, you get that and, uh, you know, sort of everything else is secondary. So, so focus on mood, focus on expression, and focus on making them feel um, beautiful and special and, uh, you know, on their day. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And you'll get, you know, that will come across in the photo. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Well, that's brilliant. That's um, awesome, Gina. I certainly got a lot of tips from that and certainly ones I'd like to share with uh, um, my new client. So um, <laughs> fantastic. I love it. Perfect timing. So <laughs> what what's happening with you this week before we chat again? Uh, so I'm pretty much um, shooting every day. So out driving around. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully get to properly test my cam ranger out on one. Yeah. Of so, yeah, yeah. So just busy, busy, busy. What yes. are you doing, Val? 
Well, because I'm spending next week with you in yeah. Melbourne and we will be very busy, uh, you know, while we're there, I need to get ahead of myself um, for this week so that I can afford the time to do that. Um, obviously, I'll also be testing out my new wireless microphone, which I might use on you, Gina, next week. Uh-huh. Cool. So that you can, you know, you can, so we can shoot you long. Yes. <laughs> you never know. Yes, that'd be um, good. I'll do some tests. Uh, but yes, what should hashtag Gina challenge be this week? While you're thinking about that, if you're new to this podcast, hashtag Gina challenge is a weekly challenge that we do and you just need to do hashtag Gina challenge and then hashtag whatever topic it is. And you can put that either in the uh, podcast community on Facebook, just search for So You Want To Be A Photographer podcast community or certainly if you're in the gold community in at ginamilitia.com you can upload your photos in there and don't forget if you are in the gold community you can upload your photos for Gina to critique and there's some awesome critiques on on lighting and post-production and a whole range of different things that Gina's doing along with of course any of your other questions um, we'd love to answer them within the gold community so Hashtag Gina challenge this week, Gina, is? Curve love. Great. So it's hashtag curve love. So you can interpret yeah. you, you can interpret that however you like and just make sure that whatever image you upload uh, has um, is, is according to that theme, hashtag curve love. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. All right then. Uh, so where do we find you online, Gina? So um, I'm at ginamilitia.com, so that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and also uh, it's uh, at ginamilitia on Instagram and at ginamilitia on Twitter. And you can find me at Valerie Koo on Twitter and just search for Valerie Koo on Facebook. And you can find me and my selfies on uh, <laughs> an Instagram <laughs> at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, but also on Snapchat, as we mentioned, the Valerie Koo. So thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.